0: talk to us now and go to the tnt radio interactive live chat room at tnt lighting the fuse for freedom today's news talk radio tnt this is the dean mackin show on today's news talk radio tnt
1: good day and welcome to the program hope you're having a terrific day wherever you happen to be chris smith thank you we all thank you and of course he'll be back tomorrow here at today's news talk TNT, Gemma Cooper. I'll be talking to her imminently. Uh, Also this hour, Charles Kovacs, who you would know very well if you're a regular to TNT because uh, we'll be chatting about the opportunistic, even the word sounds rather frightening when it comes to being in relation to vaccines, mRNA. In fact, why do I continue to call them vaccines? We all know very well they're not vaccines. We know what a traditional vaccine is, what it does, how it works. They are not. It is an mRNA gene therapy. And here in New South Wales, the opportunistic vaccination of people where they may not have given consent, certainly where they are uh, not in a position to do so, is allowed by law. And I've got the Otagi documents. We're going to be talking to Charles Coves about that a little bit later. Of course, uh, one of our regulars here, Bernie Finn, former Liberal Party MP an all round good guy, X3AW announcer, as well. We're going to chat with him about a bunch of things that I want to chat about, including the state of Alice Springs. Yes, more about Alice Springs in the news today. Ambulance ramping, we were talking about that the other day in South Australia. It's happening in Tasmania as well, and the lines are a mile long. Ridiculous, it is. And of course, the ABC and others still pushing the COVID vaccine narratives. And how many of you know somebody who have have recently had um a bad running with COVID. now of course if i get the sniffles or a flu i don't care what they, they want to call it i just roll with the punches have some orange juice maybe some chicken soup and some lemonade and just go about my life as per usual as per what i did when i strongly suspect i had COVID. if you want to call it that i say it was a rebadged flu never bothered me couldn't have cared less I did have the ivermectin on hand anyway. And of course I would take ivermectin even if I did just have the flu. Why wouldn't you? It is absolutely terrific. And I certainly will be doing that again, should I ever get that. But the only people I know that have been like really under the weather, who have really been hard done by, by this uh, fluvid, as I like to call it, have been those who have been, you know, probably up to their fifth, Jab now, or fourth, and a couple of them in their 30s. I mean, really got hammered by it. And there they are on social media saying, gee, I wish I'd got my booster. I mean, wow. Wow. They just don't learn, do they? I'll tell you who else doesn't learn. That is the American media uh, and possibly half of the American people who still seem to be falling for the narrative, that which is the January 6th Capitol building, where there was a gathering, and that's all there ever was. It's all it ever ever was, despite the fact that they had 200 plainclothes police. They had uh, brigades. I don't know what they call them over there, but certainly uh, platoons, brigades of police there. And how do I know that? Because I know at least four of those groups of police were impacted by something I'll tell you about in a few seconds. But uh, Tucker Carlson drawing uh, a, a, a big arrow to point to something that you absolutely need to watch. And I'm talking about those of you in the UK, those here in Australia. I don't know how many we have in the US watching at this time of the uh, evening over there, but certainly I would suggest you must. It is imperative that you watch. uh, uh, It's called January 6, A True Timeline. It has been put together. There's not actually that much um, speaking in the whole thing. It basically lets you decide for yourself, which is absolutely the job of the media and what everybody should do. You shouldn't have an opinion that is injected into you, one that you adopt. You form an opinion. Any opinion that is not formed, Is not an opinion. It is you uh, being brainwashed without being realised. But again, I would suggest that's probably none of you watching or listening right now because I, I know the type of people that are attracted to TNT and you're not likely to be that. But you would know many, many people who fall into that category now these videos that they collected weren't ones that they had to wait for these are ones that were taken by the media whether they be outside of the media or you know cnn nbc all those traditional characters you know the left-wing media if you will now all this video has been put together compiled in a timeline that shows how the day actually rolled out of course those on the left-hand side of the media who would like to uh, use the Constitution against Donald Trump and suggest that he is an insurrectionist, despite never actually being charged with or found guilty of insurrection. But of course, they're using the Constitution to invalidate his uh, his running in some states of America. I dare say that won't hold up to the pub test once it goes through the court system over there, but anything to tie him down and to uh, is their goal. But the whole point is if you watch this video, it clearly shows, despite their narrative, which was that at a particular time that day, Donald Trump tweeted, the truth, we must get to the truth. And apparently, according to them, that psyched them up to the point where they all surged forward. Uh, forward. They pushed themselves into the Capitol building. Now, of course, you've seen the video. There's no violence, or certainly not, not by them, not by any of those people. Certainly plenty of violence, including uh, a death. Um, uh, brought forward by those officers inside against a former uh, female vet, uh, an American military vet, who was shot despite being unarmed, a woman climbing through a window. Wow, what absolutely courageous cowards those bastards were that shot her. But let's not get sidetracked. The simple point is that the real reason that this crowd, and it's all on video now in this uh, documentary, the reason that they surged forward was because some incompetent police officer was told, despite, of course, the crowd not breaking through the lines, they were there, they were still where they were, and he deployed a tear gas canister incorrectly. It didn't come out of the gun. The gas was coming out of the the gun. And there they were, the police basically gassed themselves. Uh, As a result of that gas spreading within three minutes, that police line was broken people are just scrambling to get anywhere, not necessarily into the Capitol building, just away from the gas. And that is how the day unfolded. So every time, and this is one of the most videotaped events in human history, everybody had their phones out. So, and a lot of them after 9-11 were intelligent enough not to hand that footage into the authorities, where anything that would have supported what you and I would consider our our version of the truth, which is the actual truth. Um, None of that stuff would have ever seen the light of day. And of course, people have held on to that knowing full well that the truth will get out there. And it has. In this documentary, again, it is called January 6, a true timeline. It is one that Everyone must see, but in particular, particular, if you are in America, it is an absolute must. So we must spread that far and wide, spread the word about it, very much like we did with the the Jim Caviezel movie, uh, is it Sound of Freedom, uh, that came out recently. And by the way, Taylor Swift had a tremendous run at the box office with basically just her in a concert. And people are now going to the movies to watch Taylor Swift do a concert because most people can't afford to go to a concert these days, to say nothing of a guy called The Weeknd, who was supposed to come out here a few weekends ago, charged my son and I $450 a ticket and then cancelled. Not only did we not hear about it through Tech if it wasn't for the mainstream media and someone telling someone who told somebody who told me I would have rocked up to the event not knowing, and certainly haven't been refunded subsequently. Uh, but I can't believe I, I was never notified. But I mean, that's what, that's the level of incompetence that comes on. But uh, yeah, the Sound of Freedom beating Taylor Swift per movie. So over, I th- was it 200 million? No, it was certainly over 100 million. I'll check that out and I'll get back to you later in the program, but absolutely nailing it at the box office. Uh, Did you know that there are many ways that you can watch or listen to us here at TNT? So why not stream us direct from our website to your desktop, tablet, mobile, or other device. You can even download the app from the App Store. Uh, We even stream live on YouTube, Rumble, and Odyssey. We've got you covered here at TNT.
0: Keeping the commitment twenty four seven. I come to you for fact. I really appreciate what you and your team do. Today's news talk radio TNT.
1: It is this time I look forward to very much to switch to the wonderful Gemma Cooper. Hey Gemma, how are you going?
2: Yes, very good, Dean. Very good. Yeah. Nice little editorial there, as always. It, it's a it's a thing, isn't it? You know, it's always after the event that the truth comes out. And then everyone at the time says, Oh, it was this and it was that, you know, and 9-11 was done by a load of what what the Americans like to call ragheads and all of this <laughs> stuff. And then then the truth comes out, you know, quite swiftly. Well, not that swiftly and takes a while, but you know, hats off to the people for making that documentary because if you think about the hours and hours of footage that you would have had to trawl through to create an Accurate picture because I do think there's danger on both sides of the, the the legacy media and the new media and citizen journalism. You know the legacy media manipulate to suit their agenda. I do think sometimes the the new media we're so keen to get the truth out. We're so keen to get the the right version of events that we, we you know accuracy can sometimes fall a little bit by the wayside. Not maliciously like the mainstream would do it, but you know because you're so desperate to kind of get the truth out, get the truth out. Um, but accuracy has to be paramount. So fair play because they must have had to trawl through so much footage to get the accurate um you know the right footage to show the right version that's a lot of work a lot of work which is probably why it's taken this amount of time to be put together i would imagine
1: and it's a shame it didn't come out earlier it's a shame it wasn't released to the public earlier because uh there are people doing collectively i think eight or nine hundred years worth of uh you know jail sentence uh, at the moment and i wouldn't suggest a single one of them should have got more than a fine more than a fine, I wouldn't even suggest a fine would have been appropriate for what happened on that day. How we allow that to stand, I would hope, I would pray that should Donald Trump get in, that every single one of those people would be pardoned. But I don't think a pardon is enough because a pardon will let them out. But again, we need to establish their innocence and they need to be compensated, those ones who went to jail. The only problem with that is many of them pled guilty because they were so frightened that they would be locked up for decades, decades, that many of them uh, did a plea deal and to do one year or two years. Um, some of the people that are locked up in there are doing decades. They weren't even there. I mean, it's just horrific. This whole thing is a nightmare. I can't believe it's happening. I can't believe that's part of the first world that we live in, but we're allowing it to happen. And again, um, this has got to come uh, come to the boil. You know, a fever pitch has been reached and we need to hit this on the head, ASAP.
2: Absolutely and it does have huge parallels with the story I'm going to talk about now which is the story that we talked about yesterday but there is an update and that of course is the post office scandal here in the UK which is a very similar story. Innocent people going to prison and a story came out yesterday uh, alongside the line that the ministers were meeting and that's the update I'm going to bring you um, to discuss how they would solve this now Uh, but there was a a man who alleges and it is an allegation but interestingly the post office didn't respond yesterday. It's just very quickly he alleges that um, he was coerced into signing uh, a document saying, yeah, he stole money from the post office, which he didn't, but he said he coerced into signing this document on the threat of he would never see his children again. That's the allegation he made against the post office yesterday. So you're talking about people who signed plea deals because they were so worried about the length of jail time they would do in America for January the 6th. This guy was allegedly, it is an allegation, it's not been proven, but he said he he signed the document, that's without doubt, and he says his lawyers... Say that his claim for compensation is likely not to, and wrongful conviction is likely not to be overturned because he signed that document, he put his signature on it, and he says the post office threatened him with his children. I don't know how that's possible. That's an allegation. However, the new line this morning with this story, which is the, probably one of the, what I think I think personally, is the worst miscarriage of justice the UK has ever seen, is that the um, Rishi Sunak has come out this morning. Well, late, very late last night in the UK, I was in bed. Um, says that he would strongly support uh, Paula Neville's being stripped of her CBE. That that petition we discussed yesterday has now got way more than a million signatures uh, and ministers are now um, meeting urgently. They say plans are going to be announced imminently. Could be today, actually. The business secretary and the justice secretary saying they are absolutely going to sort this out. Because if you think there were more than 700 criminal convictions, only 93 have been overturned so far and only 30 of those people have actually got their compensation claims. So that just shows you where we are with this this scandal. Uh, What's also a scandal is the IT firm responsible for the post office software that caused the glitch, which caused all of those people to be accused of theft and fraud. Um, they've just been awarded a new government contract here in the UK, <laughs> uh, Fujitsu, uh, for 19 million to deal with the UK's flood alert system. Now, that is a big deal here in the UK. We're an island nation. We've just had loads of flooding and storms. We've had so many storms over the last few months, more than I've ever seen, uh, actually. I even kind of raised a quizzical eyebrow as to whether that was engine. Um, and we've now got snow flurries battering the country as, as all that water uh, is, is freezing and, and, and we've got ice as well. So the flood warning system in this country is a big deal uh, and ministers had already said after all this came to light, no more n- new contracts with Fujitsu, no more. Well, lo and behold, this morning here in the UK, 19 million, 19 million, Dean, of taxpayers' money to let Fujitsu, after this scandal, uh, uh, you know, implement a new flood war- flood alerts system so you know corruption is ever thus it still carries on you know i think everybody thought that this would go under the radar that they've been given all this money to uh to prop up you know another government uh tech uh service if you can call it a service if it works um but you know there is at least a glimmer of hope now uh, for all of these hundreds of people some of whom obviously they're not alive anymore i would o- only hope their families will receive compensation um Swiftly now, after such a long wait, Um, but interestingly, much like the documentary of January the sixth that you were just talking about, this has all come to light because of a television program. It's it's the media. The media is the message. You know, once you beam it into people's front rooms and actually show them, rather than reading it online or in a newspaper or hearing about it abstractly on a radio, once you make a drama about it and make it human. People realise the, the extent of this scandal, the extent of the cover-up, and people in the UK are rightly outraged. It's really the only story people are really getting to grips with and talking about at the moment, apart from the weather, as always.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, Gemma. It's... Uh... Horrific. You know, when you get a, a contract that's $19 million and most of it is software based, I used to do that for a living. I mean, I had a company that did that. You would be, you would fall off your chair if I told you how much of that was padding or profit. Um, you know, typically you've got one or two guys working on, on the project at a reasonable kind of wage and all the rest goes into the the owner or the shareholders' hands. It's absolutely funny. Uh horrific. Uh the other thing as well is uh, isn't it funny how Sunak all of a sudden doing things that conservatives like, knowing that full well there's a general election. Coming up, and of course, that he's not likely to win that, and uh, just keeping up the illusion that maybe there is a conservative side to that particular duopoly. But yeah, 1 million signatures will get a result, certainly when it comes by a way of a film, and people are spreading that. And I'll tell you what, this documentary, this uh, January 6th, A True Timeline, that is going to go gangbusters, and that is going to break this whole narrative apart. And I would suggest we might even see some people released from prison. Um, As a result, I hope that is the case. But if not, we'll just have to wait until um, provided all things go as per uh, the way they should until Donald Trump gets elected back into office. If that's possible, we'll cross our fingers and see what happens. Gemma Cooper, you'll uh, see you again next hour.
2: See you later, Dean. All
1: right. Coming up after the break here at TNT, we've got Charles Coves. So stick around
0: tnt radio's timothy shea
3: the double standard is out there it's so obvious it's so frustrating eric holder gets held in contempt of congress for defying a congressional subpoena nothing happens obama's doj didn't pursue it steve bannon and peter navarro defy a congressional subpoena joe biden's doj criminally prosecutes them criminally prosecutes them for defying a congressional subpoena. And now we've got congressional subpoenas of Hunter Biden and James Biden, the resident's brother. And guess what? Nothing's going to be done by Merrick Garland, Barack Obama, Joe Biden's DOJ. That's right. I said Barack Obama. Obama's the shadow president. He's not the one pulling the strings. He wasn't pulling the strings in his own administration. You know, Valerie Jarrett was his minder. Where is the Iranian-born Valerie Jarrett these days? Haven't seen or heard much of her. It's because the Democrats are smart.
0: Timothy Shea on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. potential delays for the morning commute
3: and other news. A recent government report on prescription drug pricing points to corporate malfeasance. Freedom of the press is about your right to know. What are you talking about, man? Look at his stats. It's about your right to be informed. Your right to access all types of information keeps us free as a nation. No, 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 no. Today, there are real threats to press freedom. Areas, and your right to know about the world around us. Look. Some threats are obvious, some are easy to miss, but they all put our way of life at risk. We must defend against hey. all of these threats, no matter what kind of news is important to you.
4: Justified putting American troops in harm's way. That's a great question.
3: We must protect our right to know before it's too late. Understand the threats protectpressfreedom.org At the top of the hour, we'll keep on top of the news. It's the most important thing we can do
0: on today's News Talk, TNT Radio.
1: Uh, Welcome back to the program. I love this job because I get to talk to terrific people. And, of course, any of you who are regulars to TNT will know my next guest, Charles Coves. Uh, He's a thought leader in the fields of freedom, passion, health, law, and comedy. He's the founder of Coves International, a legal strategy consultant, and many other things, including, as I uh, said before, an announcer here at TNT. And uh, my immense pleasure to welcome him back. Hey, Charles, how are you going?
5: Thank you, Dean. Great. Great to be with you on this wonderful platform of TNT Radio, a place where there's no political correctness and no woke agenda being promoted. So thank you for having me on.
1: If only that was representative of the entire world that we live in. For those of you who don't have video yet, you won't get to see the wonderful, and it really is a terrifically tailored and wonderful jacket that you're wearing. I just commented off air, but i am just like to throw teasers out for these people who aren't watching what they're missing, all the wonderful detail that they, they miss by not doing that. But of course, if you're driving down the road, no, don't fire up the app, probably not the best idea. But something that I was aware of a couple of years back Um, and I couldn't believe it. When I first read it, I had to double-check it. I thought, that can't be right. Surely that's uh, someone's done a bit of Photoshopping. But it was in regards to the opportunistic, just the word, you know, seems like something that a scammer would do, an opportunistic vaccination of people. who who, Many people who may have not been in a position to say, well, hey, I'd like one of those or, you know, tell me a bit more about it. But I've got the whole vaccination Toolkit, you know, oh, sorry, opportunistic vaccination toolkit. I've got the Atagi advice on the use of sedation for COVID nineteen patients in front of me, and I have highlighted one particular bit. Um, blah blah blah. Or, or where this is uh, in regards to the opportunistic vaccination, or where the patient does not have the capacity to give consent, they can just go right in and and jab away. Apparently, am, am I am I on the right track?
5: Yes, you are, Dean. It is. In some ways, you know the the Atagi advice is you know there's there's quite a lot of social media comment on this because the word opportunistically is a shocking word to use. But if the person can't give consent, and essentially that means if they can't give informed consent in the in the technical in the technical definition that the medical profession is supposed to be using in this country, and what that means is if you have if you're injured in a car accident and you're unconscious and, you know, that the, you're going to die unless they give you an injection, you know, for your, to start your heart, then that is considered at law that the medical profession can do that. So that would be a case where the patient is not able to give consent. But this question, you know, that ATAGI advice, is it, the reason why it's wonderful to highlight this, Dean, is for two particular reasons. Number one, if you go into hospital, uh, are you married, Dean? I'm, I'm an expert on marriage. I've been married three times. So um, <laughs> anyone wants marital advice, I'm your man. But uh, I, you know, I should it's... be
1: by the time I get to my third. I can't wait. Boom,
5: boom. <laughs> I'm three for 46 years, so it's not as if it's, you know, not a fly-by-nighter. And my darling wife, Julie, I'm sure she's, I hope she's watching. Um, if I go to hospital, if you go to hospital, your wife, your unconscious, your wife, unless you have appointed her as your medical treatment decision maker, she can give no instructions to the doctors. Are you aware of that? No, I, w- I wasn't. And no, I wouldn't so, dare
1: so, give her permission.
5: Well, there you are. That's I'd, another
1: reason. That's I'd, a very I'd good point. I'd wake up like, sounding like a chipmunk being castrated probably. <laughs> anyway, sorry, continue.
5: So, but, but I've had situations where the husband or the wife, the spouse is in hospital unconscious, the wife has got good medical advice, wants the hospital, wants the treating doctors to do stuff to her husband. And they go, no, you haven't been appointed. We can totally ignore you. So the spouse has no right to require the hospital to do anything. That's number one. Yeah. And that's a that was a shocking realisation. So each state now has, you can have a medical power of attorney, it's called in some states. And I urge everybody Right now, because you never know when you're going to be unconscious, if you want someone to be able to make decisions rather than leaving it to a medical profession that has disgraced itself with its response to COVID, then you must appoint somebody to make medical decisions on your behalf. So that's what this, this ATAGI advice reminds us to do. The second issue is when we go to hospital, often we sign a form. The question is, what are you signing? So you get admitted, you know, you're not in a great way, um, and, and they say, please just sign here. So you sign it, all you want to do is get in there. It might be an emergency, it might not. But what are the words you are signing? And the issue is you might be signing there, I give consent to anything that the hospital considers appropriate. And in Australia and America and Canada and UK, to their great disgrace, Hospitals would consider giving you a booster for COVID to be a useful thing to do. Wow! And and so they would say, well, we got informed consent because you signed this paper. So the, whilst this wording is okay in itself, Dean, you know that that if you're unconscious and you it's life saving, yes, it, that's 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 when you don't have to get consent from the patient. But these two situations, I really want to drive this home. Don't go to hospital without appointing someone. And secondly, do not sign those hospital forms. Thirdly, if you have elective surgery, when you get the form from the hospital and ask them, I want to see the form that I am signing because I'm not giving you carte blanche to do what you like when I'm under sedation.
1: It really is frightening. I mean, even to the point, and yes, I know this is me being paranoid, But after the last three years, who could blame me? I mean, I went and had a a dental procedure done where I was under anesthetic for, I think, four and a half hours uh, about four months ago. And um, as a result of that, I mean, I I really did worry because you don't know what company the... uh, the anaesthetic comes from. You don't know if they're going to opportunistically add things into it, because as you read into tagi, I mean, technically it, it may well be within what is considered to be a good thing, an advantageous thing from their perspective. And of course, there'd be plenty of their experts, if you will, who would probably agree. But just something that I'm incredibly paranoid about. I mean, I've got, I've got two parents at the moment, one that's got six months to live from cancer who did get vaccinated and another one who didn't, absolutely wouldn't, who I just found out today has a five centimetre Uh, tumor on on her lung. I mean, so I mean, I'm just the amount of people I know at the moment that are sick and crook and not necessarily vaccinated, but ninety-five percent of them are it's just just horrific what must be going on in the hospital. I
5: I don't I don't think you are paranoid. I think what we've learned over the last four years now, in in fact from in March, it's four years. We've had four years of a horror show from the medical profession in the Western world. Not so much in other places. And and uh, that means Australia, U.S., Canada, U.K., South Africa. We've had a horror show. These doctors have literally, and I know, I know many of them. I moderate two global meetings a week of doctors. I know many of them who know doctors say, "Why are you administering this jab without informed consent?" Because, as you know, if a, if a and I'm I'm dealing with a number of pilots, as pilots cases. I'm yeah. sure you know about them, Dean. Where they're told you lose your career unless you get jabbed. There is no legal informed consent in those circumstances. You see, you can give informed consent, but it's not valid consent from the administering doctor. So there's two important distinctions here. So I, as a pilot or as a whatever job I've got, I can give informed consent. Yes, I know this is bad for me, but I'm consenting under coercion, but nevertheless, it's informed, but it's not valid consent. So as a matter of law, any health professional, any doctor that gives a, a jab in those circumstances is guilty of a crime, is guilty of literally assaulting you because it was not valid consent and this is a crucial legal distinction and so being paranoid these these doctors have said here's the line dean well i'm administering these not non unsafe and ineffective jabs because i've got a mortgage to pay yep. and this you would not believe how many doctors have said this to doctors i deal with That and 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 it's literally disgusting and disgraceful. That I I put it as strongly as I possibly can. And indeed, it's criminal. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm delighted to see that there's now. I'm sure you've across it. A a resigned military man, Brad Miller, has now got thirteen thousand signatures on a letter to the Department of Defence saying we are going to hold every senior military man accountable for giving an instruction for these jabs, regardless of whether they've resigned from the military, we're going to bring you back and hold you to account. And that's what we have to tell these doctors as well, because they have breached their oaths. They haven't said, Dean, well, there's a case in point. Your mum and dad aren't the same bodies. You and I are not the same bodies treating every single one of us in the same way is so antithetical to what proper medical treatment is that, as I say, it's disgraceful, it is it is outrageous, the behaviour that's been there. And that's why you are not paranoid, and it's only the medical professional who would call you paranoid, just like you and I are conspiracy theorists, according to mainstream media.
1: And of course, uh, at the end of the day, Charles, you and I would love to be wrong about everything, uh, that we think of the world, we would love to be the world's biggest idiots. But when you continue to be right and right and right again, and you can predict the outcomes, I mean, it's beyond. It's beyond being right. It's it's intuitive. It is far more than that. Charles Kovis, uh, stay with us. We have to do a short uh, commercial break, as you would know as good well as anybody. And uh, we'll be back with him straight after this. Stick around. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Have you-
0: The news, the news. Now, TNT Radio News. This is the news.
4: Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. An explosion has ripped through a hotel in Texas, injuring at least 20 people. A driver has been arrested after crashing their car into an exterior gate outside the White House. There's been a major development relating to the Jeffrey Epstein files. A man suspected of spying for London has been arrested in China. And there are remarkable scenes in Germany where thousands of farmers in tractors and trucks have taken to roads across the country threatening to paralyse the nation.
0: Don't miss a thing. Be sure to download the TNT Radio app from either the Apple App Store or Google Play so you can easily listen live to us anywhere, anytime. Available right now to download. Keeping you up to speed on
1: TNT Radio. And welcome back, everybody. I'm with Charles Curvis of course, a fellow TNT presenter, global thought leader in fields of freedom, passion, health, law, and comedy, the founder of Curvis International, a legal strategy consultant, and many other things. And again, my pleasure to have him on the program. I was just saying to Charles off-air that uh, the last three years have been horrific. It scared a lot of people away from the hospitals, and my mum will be watching, so I really hope she doesn't mind. But, I mean, she did get a heads up that there might have been something wrong a year ago, and and I I, I was on board as well um, when she said, you know, I'm just not going to go to the hospitals. I don't trust them um, at at the moment. Not 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 the staff in general, just the whole everything that was still going on a year ago. Um, and again, I don't think that would have happened had this been four years ago. I think she would have been straight off had the test caught it a, a bunch earlier and had the operation done and dusted a year ago.
5: Yes, Dean. The 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 excess deaths that are being ignored by the mainstream media but properly discussed on TNT, a a number of those excess deaths that have happened have been because of that lack of ability to get proper care. And the real scandal is that hospitals have followed the rules imposed by government contrary to health. There are hospital wings that are shut. People can't get proper healthcare. And there are nurses who would love to be back pursuing their profession who can't go back to the profession because they need to be jabbed. And so your mother and other people who need help, there's a very long waiting list. In Victoria, where I live, the elective surgery has blown out enormously. And I've been into hospitals where everyone's wearing these nappy diapers on their faces called masks (laughs) that are proven to do nothing. And I challenged when I walked walked in to visit somebody, they said, Oh, you have to wear a mask. I said, you know that is nonsensical. And the 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 medical system is so used to just following the rules. And they haven't followed it in the case of your mother. And what I urge everyone to understand is right, well, oh well we've missed out on that opportunity. There are wonderful alternative health solutions, and one of them is a place called the World of Wellness, and Professor Ian Brighthope started the World of Wellness, and Dean, there's so much knowledge available from other health professionals that our medical system, the one that I'm accusing of acting disgracefully, unconscionably, and indeed unlawfully, the medical system decries Anyone who's not trained in the system, and there are some 17 professions, for example, Reiki, for example, even massage, for example, meditation. The evidence globally is so clear. And and you go back to 5,000 years of Chinese traditional medicine and Indian Ayurvedic medicine, and you go, gosh, all all these modalities are available for your mother, but guess what happens if she asks the doctors, should I get Reiki? Should I get Vitamin C, vitamin D, zinc to help my body's immune system. And what I suggest for your mother and anyone with cancer is a, what Professor Ian Brighthope, founder of World of Wellness, says is mega doses of vitamin C. And what that means is 20, 30, 40,000 milligrams of vitamin C infusions into the bloodstream. Won't harm your mother and can only do her good. And And the good professor has treated patients who are on their deathbeds, Dean, mega vitamin C doses. That's what's possible. But you, if you go into the system, the hospitals will say, oh, no, you don't need vitamin C. That's That might cause kidney stones. Nonsense like this. And so I urge everybody watching this show to have a rejuvenation. And, Dean, you bring such an important issue, a rejuvenation of the personal responsibility for health, rather than falling into the trap of delegating it. And one of the reasons why governments got into trouble is because, do you remember what the health ministers were saying, Dean? I'll remind you over the last four years, they said, oh, our experts have told us that we should do this. Remember that? The experts said we should do this, and there has been an abrogation of responsibility by our elected politicians because the technocrats, the bureaucrats have taken over, and the chief health officers have behaved in a way, and, and the politicians have not balanced properly the precise example that you're saying, okay, so if we lock down, if we decimate these hospitals, what's it going to do to people who have got early stages of cancer where early treatment will help? No, no, it doesn't matter. The technocrats told us to lock down. Shame on them.
1: Charles, I think it's uh, not just fortuitous, uh, fortuitous but very timely that I probably spoke to you today, and, yes, I will get that information that you spoke i'll be in contact uh later today or tomorrow uh mate you're an absolute legend um i thank you i consider you a friend as well as a, a fellow tnt presenter hey thanks for everything that you do here at tnt and to everyone around the world uh, a man who not only advocates for wellness but if you have a look at him and i almost fell over when he told me his age he is absolutely the proof of what he does he is a wonderful fella. charles covis we'll do this again real soon
5: love to thank you dean thank you
1: Thank you, everyone. Stick around, we got Bernie Finn coming up and those of you in the online chat, I'll read out some of your comments coming up after the break as well. Stick around, this is TNT.
3: I'm Naheem Hines, professional football player and proud supporter of the Muscular Dystrophy Association. My mom was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy when I was 14 and I watched her struggle but MDA helped her get the best treatments and care. And they also help kids like my buddy, Ethan.
5: My
0: name is Ethan and I'm 12 years old. Thanks to the Muscular Dystrophy Association and people like you, I have more hope than ever before. From day one, they've treated me like family at my local care center. MDA is the only one that funds over 150 care centers across the US to help provide state-of-the-art care for adults and kids like me.
3: For over 70 years, MDA has been transforming the lives of people living with muscular dystrophy, ALS, and other related neuromuscular diseases. They fund the research for breakthrough treatments, care, and cures. And MDA provides support to thousands of families like mine and Ethan's in communities like yours. Thanks to MDA, kids and adults can live life to its fullest. Join us and learn more at mda.org today. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy. There's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible. I'm dying.
2: I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills. And we had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it.
0: For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Telling it as it is, this is the Dean Mackin Show on today's News Talk Radio,
1: TNT. And welcome back to the program. Again, another terrific guest, one of my regular ones, uh, Bernie Finn, a former Victorian Liberal Party MP, a guy who advocates for the truth and uh, will put himself second, second, his own interest, second to yours, each and every time, and that's why it's all the politicians who are like that who have been squeezed out. They don't want anyone who's fair income, anyone who's real, but that's exactly the type of person I would like to consider a friend, and I certainly do, Bernie Finn, and a regular uh, contributor to this program. Bernie Finn, how are you going?
4: I'm going well, Dean. The rain has stopped here in Victoria, so uh, we're celebrating. It's been pretty miserable uh, here over the last uh, few days, and um, we've been out looking for, for sandbags flannery, in fact, uh, who gave us uh, certain assurances a few years back and uh, was paid well for it, I might say, and convinced our government to spend billions and billions of dollars to build a desal plant, uh, which is costing us $2 million a day to sit there doing absolutely nothing. And uh, we, we'd, we'd, like, we'd like our money back from uh, from Mr Flannery, or Dr Flannery's doctor, isn't it? Yes.
1: Well, doctor. Hey, doctor. But any- whenever they give us numbers and yeah you're right you know a couple million dollars a day for something to sit there i would love an invoice a detailed invoice and to tell me how that's even possible i mean this is a thing designed to sit out there you know uh in in the salt water I would assume it just works. It should have survived decades. The yes. people of Israel, who have many desalination plants, theirs are doing okay. They're probably running them for less than what we're paying to keep ours sitting there idle. Absolutely well, mate, unbelievable. Mate,
4: you will be delighted to know that the um, the uh, desal plant here in Victoria down in Wanthaggy or near Wanthaggy was built on a floodplain, uh, so it spends a fair bit of its time underwater anyway. Uh, so only, only this government in Victoria could actually do that. <laughs> it's just extraordinary.
1: Mate, it really is. Mate, we've got the one down there at Kurnell, and every time I go past, I just shake my head and you know wonder what we were thinking at the time. Mm. Because weather—it's cyclic. It does change. There is climate change. It's called the seasons. It's called the passing yep. years, decades. It's, it's and, been uh,
4: happening. At- it's been happening since the beginning of time. And what concerns me is the lunatics who think they can actually stop it. I mean that, that that's what worries me that's what worries me
1: It is, mate. Well, they're certainly trying their best to uh, send us broke, but uh, that's that's another thing. A story that's in the news today went the ambulance ramping, I was talking about how bad it is down in South Australia. For those who weren't listening the other day, um, basically it's when you spend more than half an hour in an ambulance. They can't Mm. offload you to the hospital, therefore they can't pick up more patients. They're there attending to you as best they can in the back of the ambulance. And there Mm. were seven and eight and nine-hour waits um in south australia leading to the death of one man and god knows how many stroke victims now have horrible outcomes you know uh, as per if you get early treatment and we could go on and on about how early you were treated Uh, the simple thing is it's spreading south australia as we know uh, a place whenever i say south australia i think of blackout bowen because that's the state that had the week-long or month-long blackouts and i i just Always think of him. Mate, um, it's just getting worse. I can't believe they're not letting any of our qualified people return to work and it's spreading around the country.
4: Yeah, well, my understanding is that uh, the South Australian government was actually elected uh, on a promise that they were going to fix that. Uh, so I don't know how long they have to be there before they, it's, because, because from what I understand, it's actually getting worse. Instead of them fixing it, it's actually getting worse. So uh, uh, government governments that that make promises have an obligation to at least try to implement them. And it seems to me the South Australian governments totally failed uh, on this score, and this is a very very important one because you know the the the, the reality is the reality is that um, the reality is that uh, when. Uh, uh, we um, uh, when we uh, are ill and we we need an ambulance, uh, we want to go to hospital, uh, and you know we don't want to sit in the car park. Okay, Ravatira, right. uh, we we don't we don't want to sit in the car park. We we want to actually get into the hospital. We want to get into either the emergency department or into a, into a hospital bed. Um, and and sitting outside waiting for somebody to do something is just not good enough.
1: Hey, and let's have a look at a couple of the failures. A the failure to allow people who made Now what we know to be a a very smart choice and not get vaccinated, a lot of them still can't return to work. Mm. We've got states like Queensland making it so attractive to go up there and drive an ambulance, to be an ambulance uh, person up there, Uh, big um, lump sum payments to get up there far more money to do the job up there Mm, mm. in a place that I would personally much rather live in myself. And again, if I was an ambulance officer in South Australia, I'd be straight up to Queensland like a shop. And and of course, the other thing, more people than ever needing medical assistance. Mm. Well, that's
4: exactly right. And as you say, the that the the, vac, the vaccine issue is one that just won't go away, and I I don't understand it. I mean, it's they're not vaccines at all. In fact, what they are is mitigation treatments because vaccine vaccines actually prevent you from catching uh, a disease. They prevent you from passing it on. And uh, this so-called vaccine doesn't do either. Uh, how they can call it a vaccine, I mean, where is the ACCC when you need it? Uh, th- th- I, I think I think it's just appalling that they can do that. But it's even more appalling that they can put good, hardworking people out of work um, just on the basis that they, they they're um they're not uh uh subjecting themselves to this particular uh so-called vaccine uh where, where is where is the logic in that uh that that's just madness i mean we have a situation here in victoria where um i, I think it's it's uh firefighters uh can't um go back to work unless they are vaccinated now i i don't understand that if if, if the vaccine the vaccine in inverted commas if it, if it doesn't Get, stop you from getting it doesn't stop you from passing it on and it's only about how it would seem how it, it how COVID affects you well then why would you bother it just makes absolutely no effect at all on anybody else. Uh, leave people alone. Let people make their own choices. Uh, and uh, you know, we, you know, we all we all have responsibility for our own health. Uh, and uh, I, I think it is just one of the greatest acts of bullying um, and and atrocious odd violation of human rights uh, that I've ever seen in this country, uh, where people are um, uh, you know are, are actually run out of town. Uh, because they're not not so-called vaccinated.
1: Yeah, and as I said before, mate, um, you know, here's the ABC pushing the narrative. Oh, you know, there's a couple of variants out there go get your boosters, go and do all that, despite the fact that the evidence is, for God's sake, please don't do that. That's the message you and I would put out there. Um, And here's the best part. You go on social media, you, like me, are on Facebook quite a bit, and I see these people, a lot of them in the music industry that I used Mm -hmm. to be associated with, um, saying, oh, wow, I just had COVID worse than ever. And uh, if only I would have got my fifth fifth injection. I'm like, mate. That's, and, and I, you know me, I just come straight out and say it. Mate, have you ever considered you're sick and no one in or us unvaccinated aren't because you got your four?
4: Maybe yeah, well, I, can I, you know, just, just on that issue of the ABC, I mean, it's been my view forever that the ABC uh, is, is not the national broadcaster. The ABC is, in fact, a national disgrace. And uh, it's pr- <laughs> it's proving it. It's proving it yet again. The sooner that we pull the plug in this country on the ABC, the better. I mean, there's, there's a billion and a half of dollars uh, every year that we could, we could very easily spend on something else. Uh, and uh, I, I think... Um, at the very least, at the very least, it should be a subscriber service where people can choose to to, to view or listen to the ABC if they're so inclined. Uh, but forcing us to prop this thing up, uh, I, I think is is just uh, is just an outrage. Uh, they, to
1: should, the truth. they should call themselves the NDA, the national, you know, or the narrative dissemination unit. Yeah, absolutely. That's I mean, what they just, do. It's
4: just, it's just propaganda, propaganda central. Yep. Uh, and 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 it's all coming from from one place, uh, and uh, the the ABC is just uh, shameful, just shameful,
1: mate. Beyond shameful, what else is shameful is what's happening up in. Alice Springs and when there is a problem of course they'll, uh, well let's start from the beginning when there's no problem they'll tell you there is the last Mm. four years, a testament to that and when there's a massive problem they'll ignore it, in fact they'll paint the perpetrator as the victim, certainly that is what's happening in in Alice Springs, a resounding no at our recent referendum and of Mm. course these Mm. things that are happening, the level of crime up in Alice Springs, especially youth crime is off the charts, the police have said they cannot cope and of course the government uh, you know, getting rid of those those uh, cashless welfare welfare cards, which I thought were absolutely wonderful, and nice. I advocated that they be rolled out to the long term. And, and when I say long term, I mean those who have never worked in their life, and certainly not just one particular racial group, but anybody who uh, who uh, might do themselves harm or who haven't contributed to society yeah, yeah. ever.
4: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, were there are a couple of people in the northern in in um, Alice Springs itself, uh, in, in Jacinta Price and Best Price, her, her mother. Uh, who was a minister in the Northern Territory Government, uh, who um, th- they have been saying what you're saying for a very long time and have not been listened to. In fact, they've been called some of the most appalling racist names uh, under the sun uh, by some of their own people, in fact. Um, and uh, that that is, that is uh, just absolutely self-defeating in every way, to have somebody there who actually knows what's going on, who actually knows how to fix it and ignore them. It's just insane, and you know you've got a prime minister here who, you know, up until October, uh, was deeply concerned, deeply concerned about all the issues that are faced uh, by Aboriginal Australians. He was, oh, this was the thing that was was concentrating uh, his mind, focusing in his mind on every minute of the day Uh, since the referendum defeat. He he couldn't give a stuff. Uh, So, so what what has happened there? I mean, here is you know what what, what's going on? Even to the point where. uh, uh, you, you've got one of the um, uh, supporters or one of the, the promoters of the um, um, of, of the yes vote uh, coming out the other day and saying you should legislate anyway. Uh, so uh, you know that that that's just um, just a nonsense in my view. Um, you know we 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 do have we do have an issue uh, in the territory. We have an issue in some parts of Queensland. We have an issue in WA uh, and and in, probably in 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 probably in, in a lot of parts of of New South Wales and Victoria. Um, as well, uh, what we have to do, mate, in my view, is we have to treat Aboriginal Australians as we treat every other Australian. And- we have to we we have to treat them equally. We should not be giving them extras there, here, and extras there, and and all the rest of it. Um, they they uh, have a responsibility for their own uh, welfare, as we have a responsibility for ours. And, uh, you know, if they're in strife, yes, give them a hand, as you would give anybody else a hand. But to to have this situation where they're, they're on a pedestal, where they're being fed huge sums of money. And, I mean, we're talking about somewhere, I understand, uh, around about $40,000 million a year. I mean, this is just extraordinary stuff, $40,000 million a year to, to um, prop up Aboriginal Australians. Now... I want to know where that money's going because it's certainly certainly not
1: going to those who need it most. I would absolutely love to know uh, where that money's going. And, of course, it's just completely unfair. Bernie Finn, run out of time as per usual. But, mate, it's never long enough to talk to you. I thank you for coming on the the program. And I'm looking forward, uh, we'll probably chat before then, but to catching up with you up in Queensland in a a couple of weeks' time.
4: Yeah, no, that'll that'll be good, Dean. Looking forward
1: to that, absolutely. Good on you, Bernie Finn. We'll talk Bernie, soon. Uh, coming Thanks. up immediately, we're going to uh, have a chat to uh, Dirk And Dirk, how are you going? Yeah, hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Mate, 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 sorry for the last minute uh, getting you on here. I, I wasn't even aware. Don't we're doing worry. I,
6: I was awake. <laughs> it's mate, well, early mate, in the morning here. but
1: <laughs> I was going to ask what, what time is it where, where you are. Mate, mate, what's happening with the German farm protest? I love the farmers that protest. Tell us what's happening.
6: Oh, this is extraordinary. It's everywhere. I get it from colleagues from all over Germany. They sent me photos and videos from their cell phone. Um, the, uh, the roads are blocked. It's not only the farmers who, uh, who are demonstrating in huge numbers. Uh, for example, here just in the vicinity where i live i live uh, um at the outskirts of berlin next to potsdam and they expected 50 farmers to come with uh with their um what do you call that, tractor i think so yeah, yeah? tractors yeah um uh, and it came 9 950 came so this wow. is huge and it's not only them it's also joining in uh people from the crafts From uh, let's say, and a lot of people from logistics, uh, truck drivers, and so on. So this is spreading fast. You can see that it's really, in a way, it's moving towards something like a general strike. Not yet, but it's uh, it's gaining momentum. And uh, it's also interesting because, on the one hand, you see that, for example, the uh, the prime minister here of the state that I live in, which is Brandenburg, which is just surrounding, so to speak, uh, uh, Berlin, uh, he's a social democrat, and he said he's uh, he exp- expressed his solidarity to the farmers. So his his party <laughs> in the German federal government. Uh, uh, did this canceling of this is for example canceling uh, uh, extra money for diesel because in in the European Union there are 18 countries where the farmers have to pay less for diesel than here in Germany, and the farmers are mostly they're not they're not rich they're just uh, they're just preparing and they live in a very difficult environment. There's European Union laws which are uh, well known to be overcomplicated. The German laws, which are similar, and then there's the global, uh, global pressure on that. So it's um, and then we have uh, so some of the politicians join in. Uh, the official line is that they revoked a little bit. Uh, they said a little, bit, a little bit less will be cancelled a little bit later. That is, of course, because Germany pays is the number two country in in supporting Ukraine with weapons. And uh, we also, that is one part of that, and uh, another huge part is the Nord Stream Pipeline. The effects of that, the German uh, industry, the German economy is run down. It's really, we are in a bad shape now. And um, there's a lot of of discontent, Uh, just to give you another idea. It's really dramatic here, uh, is that we'll have uh, an election in another state, which is Saxony, and the three parties who form our current government in Germany, which are the Conservatives, which is uh, uh, the Free Democrats and the Green Party, together would only get 11%. The Social Democrats would be out of Parliament, as would be the Liberals. Only the Green Party with 7% would stay in. Wow. This is a tectonic shift. So you can see... Uh, and we had uh, our, our Minister of Economy, Habeck, he returned from his uh, vacation and farmers um, at the station where his ferry was to, uh, hey, to onboard. Dirk, Dirk yeah.
1: hold that thought. We've only got about 10 seconds before the news. Um, and can we finish this on the other side? I do apologize. Okay. Yeah, okay. we're gonna continue with Dirk Polman. After the news, we only got about four seconds. So stick around. He's one of our fellow TNT presenters, a tremendous fella. News headlines, then back with
6: Dirk Polman.